Good afternoon to all of you. I want to thank God for this opportunity. He has given me to come and share with you, my brothers and sisters, here in Ireland and here in Nock, the famous shrine here in Nock. Even though this is my second coming here, but I've never talked to a group here until today. I want to thank Father Marius and his own group for giving me this opportunity, for inviting me to come and share our experience as a church, a persecuted church in the Catholic Diocese of Meduguri in Nigeria with you people. And I want to assure you that we'll talk about what our Mother Mary is doing in the life of the church in our own diocese. When you are talking about persecution, the Christians in Nigeria are presently being severely persecuted. In different parts of the country, the Christians are under persecution. You have a government that is against the Christians. And of course, terrorists abound in different parts of the country. Whether you are talking in terms of Boko Haram, a terrorist group, or you are talking in terms of Fulani, headsmen, and uh, other groups that are abducting Christians and particularly priests in different parts of Nigeria. But I will crave your indulgence to talk particularly about the Catholic Diocese of Meduguri. That if for the past 14 years, we have been experiencing the crisis of Boko Haram. The Boko Haram is a sect, it's an Islamic sect that says Western education is evil. And which means even Christianity in itself is evil. Now, this sect started its own activities in 2009. Meduguri is the capital of our own church, the Catholic Diocese of Meduguri. And Boko Haram made Meduguri its own capital. So that tells you that the group started its activities right from Meduguri city. For these 14 years, it has not been easy with us. As I've said, since this very particular sect is against anything, Western education, including, uh, including Christianity, the sect also started by persecuting the Christians. And since that 2009, the sect were, you know, visiting Christians in their homes and killing them, burning down their shops, burning down some of their houses, and of course, uh, some of the church structures were targeted. My brothers and sisters, the climax of the crisis was in 2014. In this 2014, the Boko Haram sect overran the military 
and other security agents and so penetrated almost all the areas covered by our diocese. And communities were being sacked one after the other. And so we have a situation in which over 25 of our own priests had to run away from their places of work. Thanks be to God, they escaped. Over 45 religious nuns also had to run away from their convents and the places where they were uh, serving uh, the, uh, the people. We have volunteer uh, personnel called Katkis. We have over 200 of those Katkis that were sacked from their homes. And then over 100,000 Catholics had to flee from our diocese. That same 2014. And of course, some ran to the Cameroons, some to other safer places in the within Nigeria. In that same year, we have our minor seminary that was attacked, where we trained the minor seminarians. It was attacked, and even though they didn't kill anybody there because the minor seminarians were evacuated before the Boko Haram came into the compound. But they destroyed almost all the, the structures. Our catechetical training center where we trained catches was also attacked. And of course, a lot of structures there were destroyed. We have what we call the mission schools, just as we have here in their country. Now these mission schools, some of them were also destroyed or vandalized by the Boko Haram members. And during this time, from the time it started, and up to this time I'm talking to you, we have over 1,000 Catholics that have been killed. They are our modern martyrs. They have been killed by the sect members. Some of you might have heard about the 279 Chibo school girls. Now that school is in our diocese, in the Catholic diocese of Edouri. And out of those 279 Chibo girls, well, thanks be to God, some of them have come back. Even up to now, some are still coming back. But with children, because they were married out to the Boko Haram members. Then we have definitely slightly less than 100 that have not come back. We also have some of our youth that were forcefully consecrated into the army of Boko Haram. So, that has been the experience. That has been our experience. But the good news, my dear people, is this. That despite the crisis, despite the Boko Haram crisis, the fate of our people remains unshakable. The fate of our people is very strong. And you know, as it is said, that in the face of persecution, the church becomes alive. The church becomes stronger. 
And that is our experience. And let me tell you that the Boko Haram crisis has ignited the faith of our people, has inflamed the faith of our people, and therefore the church is rather growing in our own diocese. And this is happening in many areas. In the area of the sacraments, you find our people now coming out to receive the sacraments, whether in terms of baptism, first holy, holy communion, confirmation, marriages, and so on and so forth. We have some of our young men and women who are entering into the seminary to become priests, that is from our diocese, and of course the convent to become uh, reverend sisters or nuns. And let me tell you that the number of priests in my diocese keeps on increasing. This year, I am going to ordain five young men to the priesthood. <laughs> next, next year, I am going to ordain 10 young men to the priesthood. <laughs> and I have one of my priests who is here. Definitely he suffered. The parish I sent him, he is a very courageous, uh, courageous young man. He's very innocent, who is in the, uh, the Diocese of uh, Alpine. And he is right here with us. He will tell you that definitely the priests suffer. But the priests have become very, very courageous. Very courageous. Like I sent him to a place that the attacks were still taking place, and he stayed there with the people. He never moved. The Boko Haram members would come, they would run into the bush, and then after uh, they retrieved, then they would come back. That was what he was experiencing until I sent him here to Ireland. So, a lot of things are happening, my dear uh, people. In terms of population, one would have expected that with this crisis, because some people have fled our own diocese, especially the non-indigents, and even the indigents, some have gone to several places, as I told you. As I'm talking to you, we still have some of our people who are still in Cameroon. They have not come back. And some in other towns in Nigeria. But despite this, another good news is the fact that the population of the Catholics in our diocese now is more than the population of the Catholics before Boko Haram crisis. The question you will ask me is, how is, it, how, how is that possible? Since some Catholics have left and some have been killed, so why is it that the number now is more than the number of the Catholics before the Boko Haram crisis? It is because they, people, our people who are sleeping have woken up and they are now coming for masses, for religious devotions, for religious activities in great numbers. And so after counting, I'm talking of head count, I've counted that, and I'm telling you the difference is in thousands, over 10,000, the difference that we have. So it's a very, very big plus for us, and it's a very big source of encouragement for us. My dear people, what is the source of our strength? What is the source of our strength? 
What is it that makes the faith of our people strong in the face of this persecution? The Mass, the Eucharist, is a source of our strength. We know that in the church or in the Catholic Church, the Eucharist is the greatest prayer. It's the summit of prayer, uh, prayer in the Catholic Church. So our people attend masses frequently. That's the source of their strength. The second one is the adoration. We have the ad uh, adoration chapel here. In this very particular one. And so in our diocese, before mass, we have one hour adoration before every mass that is celebrated. And that has become the source of strength for us too. Then the third one, and which I'm going to dwell more on, is Our Lady, Our Mother Mary. Our Mother Mary. As a diocese, we are very close to Our Mother Mary in terms of Marian devotions. We embarked on Marian devotions since I took over the diocese about 14 years ago. And I'm telling you, because of these devotions, we feel the presence of our Mother Mary in our lives. She comes close to us, and I will tell you what she is doing in that diocese, so that it will encourage you, especially with the challenges you are facing in your own country. Now, when I talk about the diocese, we introduce various Marian devotions. And one of such is, the rosary procession, which you are going to do, I learned you are going to do today. The rosary procession. The rosary procession has a history. We are fully aware of the, the Battle of Lepanto in uh, 1571, when the Pope in Rome calls on the Christians to march on the street of Rome with the rosary. And the battle between the Christian forces and the Muslim forces and then, of course, the Christian forces won because our mother Mary intervened. The Rosary procession saved Brazil from communism in 1964 when President Goulart, Joan Goulart, took over the mantle of leadership. He had come from Russia and he was pregnant with the communist teaching. And he wanted to plant it in Brazil. Cardinal Camara went on here and invited the Brazilian Catholics and Christians generally to come out and march on the streets praying the rosary. And that was done. And I'm telling you, our mother Mary came and chased President uh, Bullard out of the country together with his own men. So, you know, the soldiers took over took over the mantle of leadership and then handed it over to a Marian president. And that's why Brazil is still a solid Catholic nation. Rosary procession sent the despotic president uh, um, Ferdinand Marcos from the Philippines in 1986. He was a Catholic quite all right, but he was a very bad leader. 
And we're told that in 1986, Cardinal Sin asked the Catholics and the Christians generally to come out and march on the street of Manila, praying the rosary for this. And at the end, Cardinal Marcos had to run out of that country. And that was when Mrs. Aquila, whose husband had been, you know, murdered because uh, Cardinal Marcos felt that he was definitely a very serious opponent to him. So he was murdered. And so Mrs. Aquila took over the country. Rosary procession sent communism away from Austria after the Second World War. In 1948, when the priest Petros, you know, saw a vision of our mother Mary, who encouraged him, you know, to end, uh, impact and mobilize the people to pray the rosary uh, procession. And they did that, and the Russian, uh, Russian soldiers left, and of course the Allied soldiers also left. And that was how uh, Austria got its own uh, freedom. And so we introduced this rosary procession in our diocese. We pray at the diocese level, at the parish level, and at the family level. In my house, every evening, whether I am around or not, we uh, my household embarked on rosary procession. And I will tell you later, I will show you that that has worked so much for us. Another Marian uh, activity we have introduced, or what we've done, is to get to secure a Marian shrine. And we name it Our Lady of Perpetual Help Marian Shrine in our diocese. It was a miracle when we got that. Because our diocese is in the midst of the Muslims. Over 90% of the population in the area covered by our diocese is Muslim. And yet we're able to get the, a place for the Marian Shrine. In addition to that, we also at various times back on Novena to Our Lady of Perpetual Help. Our Lady of Perpetual Help. Her own help has no end. She is always helping her own children. So we do that. We also uh, consecrated our diocese to the Maculator of Mary. That was one of the requests our mother Mary made in Fatima in 2000, I mean, uh, 1917. She requested that Russia should be consecrated to our Immaculate Heart. And indeed, the entire world. Successive popes did that. And of course, the climax was, was the Pope St. John Paul II when he did that, and it was in his time that communism collapsed in uh, Russia. It, it collapsed. So, because of the consecration. So we consecrated our diocese of the Maculate of Mary about 12, 13 years ago, and every year we reconsecrate the diocese to our Immaculate Before I came here, on 13th May, every year, that's the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, we make sure that we consecrate, uh, reconsecrate the Diocese of Magdalena of Mary. And I'm telling you, that is making our mother Mary very happy uh, with us. Now, we celebrate the Feast of Assumption, 15th August. We celebrate that at the diocesan level. So we assemble as a diocese, or maybe because of the size of our diocese, it's very large, so we, we assemble uh, in dinners, in dinners, and celebrate the feast of our, our lady.
my dear brothers, my dear sisters, because of this, our mother Mary is doing wonderfully well for us. Let me move to my vision. I had the vision in the same 2014, when the, uh, the attacks of Boko Haram in Audaces were very severe. And this happened in the month of October. I was devastated, I was traumatized, I was in pain, and I was in anguish. So, I have in the, in the, the chapel, the chapel in my house, the Blessed Sacrament is exposed perpetually. And every evening, every morning, every evening, every afternoon, I'll be there for my private prayer before the community uh, one. So this time around that October, I went into the chapel in the evening to pray. And I removed my rosary and started praying the rosary. I had not gone long. When I raised up my heart and my head, then on the right hand side of the altar, I saw Jesus standing. Jesus standing with a very big sword in his own hand, very long sword. And then I said, Lord, what is this? Jesus did not say anything. He was hanging and then wearing the Good Shepherd uh, garment. So he started coming closer to me with the rosary in his hands. He started coming closer. And when he reached close to me, he stretched out his hands and gave me the sword. I received the sword in my hand. And as soon as I do that, it turned into a rosary. When it turned into a rosary, in a vision, not practical, it's a vision. You know, some people were already asking me, Bishop, I want to get that rosary. Uh, it's in a vision, it's not practical. Now, the color of that rosary is like this. The color is like this. That was given to me by our Lord. But as I've said, in a vision. So if I come out, you will finish. Don't say, Bishop, give me this rosary. That was what they want. It's, uh, uh, it's in a vision. But the color is milk color like this. As, as I said, the sword turned into the rosary. Then Jesus said, Boko Haram is gone. Boko Haram is gone. Boko Haram is gone. Three times. And then he disappeared. Now, that, rose, that vision is all about me. I am the greatest sinner. It is about Jesus and his mother. It's all about me. And there are some people who have discarded that. <laughs> the, bishop is, the bishop is dreaming. <laughs> this, is, this cannot be true. But as you will hear from our story, the fulfillment is already taking place. The fulfillment of this vision is already happening in our own diocese. Father Innocent, my own priest, will testify to that. So, these are some of the things that we are experiencing, my dear people of God. Now, since we have this close tie with our mother Mary, we have this close relationship with our mother Mary, she has started working many, many miracles in our diocese. And I'm telling you, we can write a book on the miracles our mother Mary is working in our own diocese. But I will give you a few, a few of them. 
Now, one of such miracles is that we have heard in different parts of Nigeria, priests have been killed. They have been abducted and killed. In fact, I this time, in recent time, within three years, we have, we have lost not less than 10 priests with the hands of these uh, terrorists, whether Fulani Hesmen, armed bandits, and so on and so forth, in different parts of the country. But let me tell you, the Boko Haram, which is the fiercest, and that is what we've been experiencing for the past 14 years in our diocese, yet no priest in my diocese has been touched. No priest. No, nothing has happened to any priest. Father Innocent is somewhere here. He will tell you. No priest has been touched. Not even a scratch. And you think that is ordinary? That is certainly the work of our mother Mary. Now, look at myself. If it is not for our mother Mary, I won't be standing here before you. Why? Because our diocese is very large, and I have not stopped moving out to communities, to the interior areas, in order to minister to the people of God. But despite this, I have not encountered Boko Haram in my own life. I have not faced Boko Haram. What happens? Sometimes, when we are passing on the road, before we reach there, they have already struck. They have already killed people. But before we reach there, they have gone. Or, when we pass them behind me, they will attack. And that has been the experience. And you think that is ordinary? No. Now, we have this young man who was captured together with other passengers. Their vehicle was diverted into the forest. But it's a very, uh, and in that, you know, that is why from the family, we should teach our children. We should teach our children how to pray the rosary and other Marian devotions. Now, this young man, because he was taught how to pray the rosary, and he had his own rosary. So when they reached the bush, he removed his rosary and started praying it. And when he was praying the rosary and singing song, he was singing this song. In the whole, oh, in the whole, of his sons, of his sons, in the whole, oh, in the whole, oh, of his sons, of his sons, I am saved, whatever may be tied me, in the whole, oh, of his sons, in the whole, oh, in the whole, of his sons, of his sons, in the whole, oh, in the whole, oh, of his sons, of his sons, I am saved, whatever may be tied me in the whole of his hands. In the hands of Jesus, I'm saved. Paramarius, <laughs> when I was in the primary school, I was the choir master. <laughs> so, and he was praying the rosary. I am telling you, the Boko Haram members came and singled him out, took him, and led him to the main road and dropped him, and they said, go your way. That's the intervention of our mother Mary. Apart from this, we have one of our priests who ran into, he missed his way. He was not pursued by Boko Haram members. He only ran into their camp, the Boko Haram camp, and they captured him. They took him to the forest. As soon as we heard about that, I invited the Catholics of our diocese 
to begin the novena to Our Lady of Perpetual Help. And we started praying uh, the novena, plus the celebration of Masses anyway. We started the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, and the fifth day, the priest came back. The priest came back. Came back alive. Now, he didn't come back alone. He came back with eight other captives. They ran away together. They, 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 formed, they became a team and ran away together. And it was a miracle because there is no how that the Boko Haram members, because it's like a colony. And there is no how that the Boko Haram members wouldn't have seen them. But they never saw them. And they drank for 19 good hours before they reached the, the next town. And the priest is alive. That's the work of our men. Another family was trapped in a town which was taken over by Boko Haram members. When the Boko Haram members entered that uh, town, the people fled. And these family members, the husband and the wife and their two children, a son and a daughter, didn't know that the Boko Haram members were there. But by the time they realized it, it was late. When they opened the windows and saw the vehicles of Boko Haram around them. Now, one of the practices of Boko Haram is that when they enter a particular place, they will look for fine houses and convert such houses to their accommodation. And this particular house is a very fine house. But let me tell you, the family started praying the rosary in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening. Then our mother Mary took over. The Bo no Boko Haram member, the first miracle, no Boko Haram member entered that, that house for the months that they were there. Secondly, the food in that house did not finish. The food they were eating. Our mother Mary multiplied the food. It didn't finish. Thirdly, the water in the town did not finish. Until the last, the very day the soldiers came and reclaimed that area. Then one soldier was looking for water to drink after the Boko Haram members had gone away and then they brought out the family members. They went and opened the tap. There was no water. There was no water. But for all these months, the water was in the tap. The miracle of our mother Mary. Now, I said my vision is being fulfilled because we are now experiencing peace in our diocese to a great extent. Father Innocent will tell you, even though he's here, there are areas before this time that we would not just go, but now we are going through such places. We are going through such places. Our people have come back. The churches are filled. People are coming for their various Marian devotions. And a lot of activities are taking place. The people are becoming stronger and stronger. The various societies are even, you know, becoming stronger and stronger. Because our mother Mary is intervening. And let me tell you, there is no how 
that the church would not flourish in our diocese. I was in Moscow about six, seven years ago. Again, it's part of this, my vision that led to my invitation there. And I saw the churches, you know, Orthodox, I mean, uh, Russia is Orthodox, it's mainly Orthodox. You know, a lot of churches with these dooms in different parts of Moscow. And one would wonder that, ah, is it not like this uh, uh, Russia that was under communism and Christianity was almost crushed there? So how has it happened this way? That just from 1979 to now, and yet there are churches everywhere. It is because the Lord is at work. Gamaliel would tell the Sahendrin in the house of the apostles that if this is a human enterprise, then it will crumble. But if it is not a human enterprise, no human forces will stop it from happening. But there are people. I want to assure you that with our Mother Mary, victory is our own. Victory is our own with our Mother Mary. All she wants from us is faithful devotion to her. We should be very, very faithful in our devotions to our Mother Mary. Now, one of the devotions we have just newly introduced is a devotion of the, five, the first five Saturdays. Some of us know that Father Marius is deeply involved in that. And I encourage us to introduce that in our families, in our church, and in our communities. It's very, very good. In fact, it's one of the, you know, we had two major requests our Mother Mary made in Fatima in 1917. The consecration and then the first five Saturdays. I didn't know. I must be very frank. I didn't know until of recent. And let me tell you that we have already officially introduced it in my diocese. We started it last, 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 last month. And we'll continue with it. And I'm telling you, many, some dioceses in our province are already copying what we're doing. And that's how it should be. One bishop came for the reconsecration of our own diocese. He came and he saw, and he said he's going to introduce it. This consecration and reconsecration in his own diocese. And I'm sure subsequently with the first five Saturdays. It's very, very important. These three devotions, once we get deeply involved in them, we have already won victory because our Mother Mary will become closer and closer to us. So I want to uh, say that it has been a wonderful experience for us in our own diocese. Now, one of the fruits of my vision is the fact that I receive invitations to different parts of the world. I told you of Russia, Moscow, and I mean uh, Moscow, and of course Mexico and USA and other countries that have gone. Not because of myself, but because of our mother Mary, and of course our son Jesus Christ. Now, I was in London about four years ago, and of course I made this group that promised to build the cross on top of one of our mountains for uh, 
uh, in our pilgrimage center. The man told me that if I get a place, let me tell them that is he and his own group. And I said I will not waste time in doing that. I knelt down and prayed to our mother Mary, and she gave us. A, uh, apart from the Marian children I talked to you about, we have this one, the Diocesan Pilgrimage Center. And they sponsored the building of that cross. That cross is, is, is close to this Yaon. Yaon is bigger than it anyway. But it's longer. It's longer in, in size. And let me tell you, we have that pilgrimage center. I was telling Father Merus, people come there in thousands, thousands, for their religious, uh, religious devotions. As, as a diocese, we assemble there for the stations of the cross during Lent, that is once during Lent, and then this reconsecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, every 13 May, the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. So that is part of the fruits of this very particular vision I have had. Yes, you have your own challenges, you know them. Go to our Mother Mary for an increase in vocation in your country whether in the terms of the uh, young men and the young women. For an increase in the church population. For an increase in the marriages. And of course, other, other Christian activities. Go to our mother Mary, and she will intervene. Ireland will grow up as children to know Ireland as a great Catholic nation. I recall in our days as young uh, children were the Irish SMA fathers that evangelized the part of where I came from. They were there ministering to us. And we received the faith from them. In my own diocese, we've lost Bishop O'Donnell. He's from here. He died not more than one month ago. I'm going to the Agostinian fathers in order to greet them. He was a great missionary together with the Agostinian fathers. They did, and Agostina's sisters too. We thank them, they did very well for us. Ireland evangelized the world. That must continue. That must continue. Let us pray to our Mother Mary so that they will have this uh, rise in the faith in their country and other parts of Europe. And nothing will stop that from happening because our Mother Mary is alive. She will never let us down. And I want to assure you that as I go back to Nigeria, I will continue to pray for you so that our mother Mary will be with you. So, thank you so much. May our mother Mary be with us. May she sustain us and may she strengthen us. Immaculate Mary, hearts are on fire. The title so wondrous, face all our desire. Ave, ave, ave Maria. Ave, ave, ave Maria. We pray for God's kingdom, may his kingdom come. We pray for his weaker, our father, our own. Ave, Ave, Ave Maria. Ave, Ave, Ave Maria. Mama Mary, bless you all. Thank you.